Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, my friends, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am here with Allie Hardwood, a holistic wellness and confidence coach. You guys, this is going to be an interesting conversation. I already know it, so I'm just so excited to share that. But not only is she a wellness and confidence coach, but also an eternal student of life. She supports shy introverted women to break free from chronic overthinking, self-judgment, and holding back so that they can finally feel at peace in their own mind and body and express their true authentic selves in the world. So as you guys can imagine why she is on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, I would love to welcome you, Allie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I can hardly wait to dive right into this introvert idea. Um, I am not an introvert. And uh, for the most part, when I come across entrepreneurs, they're usually extroverts, or at Mm -hmm. least um, even the introverts that I know feel like they are forced extroverts in order to get their name and their voice out into the world. So I would love to talk about that. But before we dive into that conversation, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into what you got into. Really, for me, my story started when I entered my teenage years and high school. And like many of us, um, you know, at that time, I started to become more self-aware and started to compare myself. And it soon became clear to me that I was a lot more quiet than others. And I think that that really turned into shyness, which we can discuss more later on. And basically this, you know, it just led to subconscious beliefs that my personality And therefore, really, my sense of identity was not good enough because obviously we have this extroverted ideal of, you know, that it's desirable and sociable and like popular, you know, just useful to be um, speaking up, to be kind of um, assertive and to maybe be, um, you know, adventurous or just kind of explicitly confident. And so for me, I tried to compensate for that by targeting my body and trying to look as good as I could. Um, And unfortunately, that led to an eating disorder when I was 14. And I mean, luckily at that point, I I didn't get admitted anywhere because the thought of that terrified me. But... It was a very private struggle for me, so I never, you know, really got to the bottom of it. Um, And I I just had this very kind of turbulent relationship with with myself as a whole, with my body, with food and exercise up until my early 20s. Um, So I was just very, very self-conscious, you know, no matter what I looked like. Um, of yeah, of my appearance, of what I said or didn't say, or I did do or didn't do, overthinking, you know, um, hated talking about myself, and I kind of alternated between trying to be like others to fit in or withdrawing because it just felt you know easier to be alone. And so yeah, looking back, I can see how I just even though I had lots of good memories and good friends, um, it was hard for me to relax and just be myself, you know? Um, And so 
The turning point for me was really unexpected. So in my third year of university, I went back home for the summer and I read this inspiring true story online about a woman who discovers that she has suppressed anger towards her dad. And this really resonated with me. And she basically goes through this forgiveness process to release it for herself. And I just knew I had to do that. So I I did that. And that part was private, but then the second part was actually having the courage to tell my my own dad face-to-face, you know, how I felt. And that experience not only, you know, brought my dad and I together and just like rekindled our relationship, it also had a a positive, you know, like knock-on effect on my other relationships. And it was the first like conscious experience where I was taking responsibility for my own well-being, you know, and releasing myself of that, that block, which I wasn't even sure I had, you know, I didn't even know I had. And it was really from that point, now that I look back, that I entered this journey of self-discovery and self-love and, you know, personal growth, really, which has just been my biggest drive ever since then. (laughs) So good. So good. You're sharing so many gems that I want to pause you there for just a moment because I can only imagine how many of our listeners relate to so much of what you shared, right? And um, I wanted to, you know, point out when you were talking about being a teenager, for all of us, at some point, we conclude it's not safe to be me. And all of us to different degrees, different levels, and and it produces different identities and results. But like the fact that it resulted in an eating disorder, kind of a rejection of the self or needing to be different. Or like you said, I controlled what I could, my appearance, like I did what I could to control at least something, right? And I really love the way that you mentioned the ideal persona, right? Of an extrovert, of the confidence and this and that, and what a detriment that that can be. And so I I really was, um, you know, I appreciate you sharing and I want to talk a little bit about that dad stuff in a moment, but I wanted to ask about the impact of rejecting the self or like the impact of feeling, you know, like I'm not that ideal extrovert or I'm not that ideal type and what the impact of that is in the relationship to the self, maybe on the emotional level. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the biggest emotion was shame, you know, mm. feeling ashamed of of just how I was and thinking that, that it was, um, you know, a weakness and, um, yeah, just not good enough, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, because... Um, shame is such a, such a slippery slope. And what we don't talk about enough is that we all experience it or feel it to our own capacity. Mm -hmm. So just thank you for pointing at that. Cause um, my understanding is you, you help women with that. You help women Mm -hmm. (laughs) deal with that. And so, but you had to be and deal with that on your own by um, surfacing that suppressed anger specifically towards dad. And, Mm -hmm. and one kudos to you, because I know the work that that is and the courage that that takes to then (laughs) I call those, um, like you said, I talked to my dad, I took responsibility for what I was feeling in my experience of life. And I call those sweaty conversations because we <laughs> usually sweat our way through them. Yeah, but, and, and tears. <laughs> there were a lot of tears. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that it brought you closer. So I acknowledge you because I imagine that there, like so many listeners can look at How am I upset with my parents? In what way am I upset with my parents? And what is there for me to explore 
and communicate. And so is there anything you'd love to say directly to our listeners about that process or to maybe how they can, you can either encourage them in that or how they can start that? I think the, the most important realization for me there was, you know, that I'm, I am doing this for myself. I obviously have this, you know, suppressed anger now that I've become aware of it. And so now I have a choice, you know, do I want to carry on as normal and not deal with it um, and just hold it inside me or do I want to do something about it um, and really, yeah, I, I call it taking empowered responsibility. If anyone can relate to the anger in particular or some kind of blame. So what the process involved for me was firstly writing out a list of all the things that I was angry about. So it's kind of just acknowledging that outlet, you know, so this was by writing that I did this. Um, and then secondly, I wrote all the things that I loved and appreciated about my dad. And the third list was um, anything that I'd like to apologize for. That was just such a healing process because it made me realize like, of course my dad's not perfect. No, no one is, you know, I'm not perfect. And yeah, it was just, it was like a reframe, you know, to instead of just only seeing him in one way, um, it was like, oh yeah, of course, there's all these things. And, and also I've been playing a part in this too, you know? Um, it's not, it's not just him because it's, relationships are a two way thing. So yeah, that was, that was the process for me. That's beautiful. And that's something that everyone can take on. And I think that those, those journaling prompts or those writing prompts are so valuable and important. So I wonder what have you had to give up or let go of or release in order to move on and have the life that you have now? I would say this kind of victim mindset you know <laughs> disempowered mindset of feeling sorry for myself um you know or blaming other people or other things or how I feel definitely like staying in this cycle of resistance and judgment because you know when we stay in that we're just basically reinforcing it and creating more of that right as opposed to accepting like okay this is like the current um situation and you know actually coming to a place of acceptance of it because then you are able to move on that's what I've found otherwise you're just in this constant cycle of like feeling frustrated and judging yourself and feeling ashamed and then and then feeling bad for feeling ashamed you know it's like a never-ending it's a pretty vicious um, cycle <laughs> Also holding back my truth was a big one. You know, I was very afraid to actually speak that out loud. Um, comparison with other people, looking outside of myself for answers and for approval. And yeah, and, and that also the, the perfection part, the needing to look and be perfect. Yeah. Yes, so much yes to all of that. And well, the victim mindset can murder any of anyone's possibility or, <laughs> or the mm -hmm. life that they dream of living, right? Because I think that when we stay the victim, no matter what we do, if we're coming from that victim mentality, things are always done to us or at us. And it, you said about really being at choice, like there's not a lot of choice in that mindset. And so thank you for sharing that and, and shining some light there. And then also holding back and comparison and perfectionism. And so... Mm -hmm. 
Holding back though, you know, especially the, that you help women with their authenticity, their voice and, and being powerful. Tell us more about this introvert personality and, and how you, like the ways that you have learned to accept and accentuate that. Yeah. So the first thing is that the, the most common misunderstandings is that being an introvert equals being shy or having social anxiety or being antisocial or being boring, you know, like these kind of things. And I know that I, I also used to think it was that way. And that's why I never, I never used to um, admit or say out loud that, that I must be an introvert. <laughs> um, it was only, yeah, just before I did my coaching course that I actually really discovered what it really means. And so, you know, it's a personality type in itself. It's not, it's definitely not something to fix. And the most common traits are really like this um, internal processing. So making sense of things privately and often quite deeply in our minds first. So, we, you know, we love to reflect and imagine and analyze and daydream. Um, and then there's kind of this sensitivity to um, stimuli in the environment. So whether it's a lot of people, movement, noise, light, energy, um, these things, they basically can, you know, uh, drain our energy after, after a certain point. Well, you know, quicker, quicker than with extroverts. You know, for extroverts, it would be more of a, they, they're gaining energy in that environment. Um, and so, yeah, and so it makes sense that we, you know, if we're kind of more sensitive to all this information and we're taking longer time to process and therefore we, we often need longer time to to speak, you know, as well, or to make decisions. But of course, it's a, it's a spectrum, you know. We, you know, our, our energy and our mood can can change, right? Um, but yeah, in in general, they they are the kind of typical traits. Um, and there have actually been some studies to show, um, you know, kind of differences in the brain. So like um, extroverts being less sensitive to dopamine and so they need more of it to to like feel happy um, whereas for introverts that can be overstimulating and another one is like a study to show that introverts have longer neural pathways <laughs> in the brain so so that's quite interesting to know um, but you know I I've always I always like to emphasize that you know, to be careful with any label that we give ourselves, you know, because it's so easy to over-identify with it. And then essentially you're, you're limiting yourself to a set of criteria. So, yes. so yeah, the, the biggest thing that I love to start with when I'm helping women is to really get to know themselves. So it's asking those self-discovery questions, you know, like what are my needs and my preferences? And what are my desires? What are my passions, my values, my strengths and my, you know, other areas that I would like to heal and grow in? Um, and, you know, being super honest with that because, you know, maybe you've kind of thought that you should like certain things, you know, because of other people or it's the most acceptable thing. Um, so just, you know, really getting rid of all the shoulds and, you know, and really coming back to what feels true for you. Um, and 
yeah and then like as I was mentioning before it's this sense of acceptance it's like okay so this is what feels true for me for now you know and maybe some of that is part of your true essence but it can also change you know we're always evolving so being open-minded to that and then you know it's like from there you can then decide okay what do I want to really embrace here and what is it that I would like to develop I love this you're you're walking us through so much and it's so beautiful and I want to backtrack just a little bit because I really appreciate the way that you shifted the context of an introvert from shy or um, boring or social anxiety or social like antisocial over to reflective and imaginative and they <laughs> analyze and they calculate and they consider and process, right? Um, I was a teacher for three years and, and also a coach and everything. And, you know, just the different learning styles even. Um, mm. Again, I, and I also appreciate you um, dropping in the aspect of not necessarily labeling, right? But just understanding that we don't all process the same way, that some people yeah. do need to like hear it, kind of mentally chew on it or even emotionally be with it so then they can have come up with a response or you know any of that and then the sensitivity to stimuli because I I was imagining as you were sharing how many of our listeners are probably heads bobbing up and down like oh she knows me that may I didn't know I was an introvert right like or I that I may might like identify that way and and then the drained or and or limited energy, the limited capacity for the public setting. And I love what you said about the way that extroverts are actually energized by social interaction, because that's true, too. And then just the way that you dropped in there, like there's nothing to fix here. I just appreciate that because Hearts Unleashed and what we stand for is there is nothing wrong with you. We've just been conditioned in an opposite, maybe like in an opposition with the way that we are in an internal natural state. The more we can shed who we're not, the more we can be who we are and who we are is absolutely perfect. So like, I just really appreciate the way that you're speaking into the hearts of our listeners who are getting told this every day, but that it's nice to hear you know, some different perspectives. So thank you for that. And then, um, so you, you work with women one-on-one and you have a program and it sounds like what you were saying a moment ago about identifying needs and desires and, and our essence and, and really accepting ourselves. Sounds like that might be the work that you do with women. (laughs) Yeah. So I can speak a bit more about that. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, well, tell us what it looks like to work with you and, and what someone would expect in, in that process. Yeah, so with my my one-to-one program, it's a, it's a three-month one, and I really take a holistic approach to building confidence because I am a massive believer that every area of our lives and of our being is, is connected. You know, it all influences one another. So um, it's a, it's a six-step journey, and, you know, we cover the first step this is very reflective of my own personal journey. So the first step is letting go of your past by releasing suppressed emotions. And then we look at discovering, you know, what feels true for you and and really um, uncovering your mindset and your sense of identity. What is currently making that up? So that's looking at your beliefs and your, you know, self-talk, all the labels that you identify with. And really, you know, 
cleaning that up, you know, basically. So looking at the ones that don't serve you and realizing that actually you do get to choose here. These, you know, your beliefs are not facts, but what you choose to believe will be true for you. So um, that's kind of like the mindset reprogramming. And then uh, the next step is self-love. So all about, you know, actually really making that a practice, which is, of course, an ongoing thing, you know, self-love and compassion. The next step is then honoring your body. So that's just, you know, being strengthening that mind-body connection and, you know, the physical self-care. And then, so they're all kind of self-focused. And then the fifth step is then owning your voice. So that's the actually, you know, that confidence um, when you're around other people. Um, and the final step then is connecting to your purpose and your kind of vision, your, your potential. That's really the kind of the steps that I took that I just thought, you know, put together, make this beautiful journey. I appreciate that. And I'm curious about your, you know, ideal client and, and the, the ideal person that you serve. Because when you specifically, that question came up for me when you said owning your voice and really discovering and accepting your purposes, that looks different for all of us. And so mm-hmm. what would, you know, someone who this is already resonating with, how would they be able to identify that, that you're the coach for them? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I always say that I I work with shy, introverted women because, you know, it's kind of the clearest thing to be able to identify with those kind of words. Um, And it's, of course, what I can relate to the most. But I think the most important thing is whether someone resonates with the with my message, you know, and with the with the work that we're doing together, Um, because I know that, you know, I've, I've had many conversations with extroverts who actually say well actually you know I've I've also struggled with confidence you know and with speaking my truth and with overthinking and with self-judgment and so I'm very aware that you know of course regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert you can still experience these these struggles it just shows up in different ways or maybe you manage it in different ways you know maybe the introvert is kind of more prone to withdrawing, whereas the extrovert is maybe more prone to kind of trying to cover it up in some way. So yeah, I think if it's more about, you know, if it, if it resonates with you. Yeah, I love how you just pointed out the way that we cope differently or we process differently. So, so valuable to witness ourselves and our processing. Um, and if so, if someone was really resonating with this and, and really just kind of want to explore working with you, could they set up a sample call with you or like a discovery call or what's the best way to reach you and, and start that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I offer a, a complimentary call, um, which you can find at my website wellnesswithali.com and I'm also very active on my Instagram and I also have a private Facebook group which is the Confident Introvert Tribe. Yes, Confident Introvert Tribe. Please go head over there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. And is there anything you'd love to leave our listeners with, the Hearts Unleashed community? The thing I'm loving at the moment is this reminder that we are not limited to a set of labels and patterns and that we are multifaceted and ever evolving. So we, we really get to choose, you know, who we want to be and how we see ourselves. 
I love that. And, you know, just to jump in or like ride that wave with you is like, it's so safe. It's so safe to be ourselves. And like, I, I have really enjoyed the conversation because it, I can tell like we all go through that phase of ownership, which was actually kind of funny because you said like, yeah, I began the process like in my teens and that's true for, I think for our generation, but I, you know, it just amazes me because we're awakening so much sooner. That seems normal to me and to you. And then I know 50 and 60 year olds who still haven't wakened or still haven't like yeah. done the self-exploration process or gotten really honest with themselves. So yes, yeah, yeah. I, I'm in a, in a group and I've also heard people who are older just say that. And I, it's such a kind of, a realization to be like, wow, I'm so grateful I'm actually where I am, you know, now, instead of thinking, oh, if only I had discovered this, you know, before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And so um, I, I'm just so grateful for that perspective to for you to bring that today, because this is so available in this day and age. And it's wonderful to meet people who are awakening younger and younger and also honoring their gift and their calling and their purpose younger and younger, because I know that we can really turn the tide on, you know, living consciously and having a conscious population, not just mm -hmm. in, at the community setting or the state or countrywide setting, like, but globally. And yes, and we're yes. closing those gaps and, and, and you're calling in from like across the world. Tell us where you're calling <laughs> in from again. <laughs> from Oman <laughs> in the Middle East. Yes. And so uh, I really am present to the global wave of transformation that we get to cause together. So I just want to thank you for being part of the Hearts Unleashed wave and also your wellness wave that you're causing in the world. It matters so much. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, thank you. And Hearts, thank you for being here to open your big hearts, introverted, extroverted, however you identify, <laughs> somewhere in the middle or on the spectrum, it does not matter. But thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Thank you for loving, accepting, and sharing yourself. Because here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.